fans, it's time for Flames Unfiltered, your spot for Calgary Flames Hockey Talk. Okay, enough now, Flames. Put some wins together or put us out of our misery. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Flames Unfiltered, hosted by Brad Brood and Kyle Lewis. And yeah, we are here on a Wednesday talking Flames hockey. And I'm not going to lie, Kyle, this is probably not going to be our most uh, uplifting show that we've ever done. Uh, far from it, I dare say, at least to, to this point in the season. I, I honestly, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, I, I really don't. I, 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 I was... Going through what we were going to talk about tonight, and I'm like, okay, well, that's negative. That's negative. And he got hit by a car. That's not real good. It's just, it's just kind of it's one. Almost poetic, though. Eh? Things eh, are so bad. It's not one like thing that. after another, isn't it? Thank God he's okay, but it just kind of epitomizes what's going on. This is not fun at all. Um, it was fun um, for a brief <laughs> period of the middle uh, since our last show, but. Um, yeah, well, we'll try to make it funny because we can't make it happy. <laughs> the Ottawa game kind of broke me. Well, the funny thing is, I was coming back from my West and I, I got thinking once I hit Toronto, I'm like, I should have just gone into Ottawa and caught the game. I always see the Flames play in Ottawa because it's not that far for me. And then I was really glad that I didn't. So, but yeah, because it kind of it, it kind of broke me too. I actually, I was watching it. I went to go play hockey and then I got off the ice and looked at the score. I'm like, are you like, come on, like, are you kidding me? So you didn't see the pain live? Uh, no, everything was great when I left the house up yeah, to one. It was good about it, and I watched what I missed when I got back. Well, admittedly, I watched the highlights, if we'll call them that, um, after I get back. But yeah, it was just uh, atrocious. I got I got really pissed because I and I'm, I was pissed at myself too because with about five minutes to go, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be nice just batting down the hatchets here, two goal lead, nothing to it. Honestly, I thought we'll pop in an empty netter here. This is going to look better than it was. And uh, we pretty much controlled the game, and we will move on and uh, be good. And yep. that did not happen. No. I, I, it was crazy. I, I was proud of myself. Like I didn't even get angry and freak out at all because it's like, I'm so beaten down right now. I don't even, <laughs> like, I, I don't even have the energy to get depressed when we lose anymore. Yeah, it's which is almost worse. It's kind of like when somebody's angry, like in a relationship or something. It's like at least that shows there's still some emotion and they care. But when you just don't care anymore, it's like, oh god, like seriously. It's frustrating too because I look at the standings and I'm like, okay, we're right there. Like this shit can be good. Well, yeah, and you, you said that before we came on, and and I looked at that too the other day. I'm like, you know, like this isn't. This is still they're still in a decent position. I think the team ahead of them has two games in hand, which is a lot in a race this tight. But it's still it's like okay, there's a chance. But every time we think there's a chance, they go and they shit the bed again. So how many more times can we say it before it's like oh okay, this is there's no more chances. I mean, I don't. I, I, I kind of like our chances against Nashville and Minnesota. I don't know why. I don't know. I sure, I sure as hell probably shouldn't feel that way. But I, but I kind well, of think this team would match up well in a playoff series against most teams, at least so on paper, I. but they're also good on paper this year and haven't been. So, um, I, I, I watch yeah. this, I watch this team play, you know, and it doesn't look like they're having fun. 
It looks like us watching it. We're not having fun either. It just, none of <laughs> us are having fun. And then no. they don't play like to really like go after it and win the game. It's like, they're kind of like they play. It's like, Oh, we just can't lose this one. We just can't lose this one. And then they yeah. end up freaking losing the damn thing. Yep. It's, I don't know. It's a weird dynamic this year. I don't get it. I don't know where to point my finger. Yeah, and forgive me for, you know, you're, you're kind of throwing the ball back at me as you often do, and I'm just sitting here like, I, I don't know what to say about it. And no, I, I was obviously share some, share some thoughts, but it's just like we're sitting here going through this, you're reading the articles, reading the tweets, reading what the fans are saying, and it's just like, okay, this is not cool as is typical of this franchise so often. It's like there is no clear direction. They're not good enough to make any kind of noise if they make the playoffs, it would seem, and they're not going to get, you know, a good draft pick or any Like it's just... Always, always, always mediocrity, and it's extremely frustrating. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Well, we'll start the positive show, and we're going to talk about um, <laughs> an ugly game, a good game, and then an ugly game. Yeah. And, and we'll roll through some Flames news, and then uh, oh, the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about Jacob Marks and our thoughts on that um, topic. And <laughs> the news doesn't get any brighter. We'll talk about Rasmus Anderson. Probably the weirdest thing I've ever talked about on this podcast, one of our players getting hit by a car. We will mm-hmm. do that, and then uh, we'll wrap with a preview of uh, three really, really critical. We say this every week. It's just like broken record. Three critical <laughs> games at home for once. And, uh, yeah, it's time for another episode of Flames Unfiltered. All right, Cal, let's uh, get right back at a Thursday in Detroit. Uh, boy, Falarar gets to start. That was good. Mm-hmm. Anderson was out. That's bad. And in the first, the Flames out shoot Detroit 12 to 5 in a game and no scoring in the first. I thought it was going along really, really well. I thought, oh, probably should have had one or two, but. But, but all's good. And then penalty troubles kind of started to creep into the second period. And uh, things kind of went haywire from there. Although I felt like we were going to win this game the whole time. How about you? I was pretty confident that we would. Clearly that wasn't the case. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was, really, it was a really, really frustrating game to watch. I mean, for that reason, obviously the penalty trouble that you alluded to. But um just a team that, I mean, as much as they're kind of on the rise, you have to beat them, especially this time of year. And they just fit it, just the ability to close games to that game just kind of epitomized the type of game that's got away from Calgary all year. You know, I thought things are going to go our way because um, we score first and it's Blake Coleman scores on a, I believe it was a nice pass from Hannafin, I believe, but mm-hmm. it should have been icing. That play should have been icing. Yep. And we got away with one and we got a break and then we score. And then right away after, Dylan Larkin scores, and then it just, that was right at like 45 seconds left in the period, which I hate getting scored on late in the period. And it just, I don't know, it just, that goal pissed me off because it was a two-on-one, Stone's back, he looks like he it was his fault, it was actually Zdorov being an idiot, and then you had Lucic and Ruziska look like they weren't even trying, coming back to help out, and I don't know, it just, it, and then we were 1-1 through the whole third, and then Rasmus Anderson takes a penalty with a minute and change to go, and it's like, I don't know. It just that game pissed me off because I thought Vladarpo was fine, 
I don't know. He not? Yeah, you know? he's been fine every game. I, I don't know. I don't know what more you can ask. If it's and it's weird, to like I don't know. It's been like that all year, I guess. But you can't really ask much more of a goaltender than what he gave him in that game. And the, the shot volume is really frustrating me too. It's like, oh, they shot them twelve to five in the first, and you know they're almost always they're shooting their opponent and not getting any results. So I'm becoming less and less enamored, as I've said before, with that statistic. I know. I think it. I mean, I think it's a relevant statistic, but sure, sure as hell doesn't seem like it is all that relevant for us, is it? No, and should be looking more at where the shots are coming from because clearly a lot of them are can't be particularly high danger. Otherwise, the shooting percentage would be a lot different than what it is. So I think there's too many perimeter chances, and and there's not enough creativity. Um, so it seems to me, anyway. So yeah, that that game turned into a dud that shouldn't have. Would be my synopsis of it. For sure. Saturday morning, we wake up, don't even get our coffee drink, and we're playing hockey. It's like, are we in Pee Wee's here playing at 1030 in the morning? Uh, I don't. I did not understand the NHL schedule on Saturday. I don't know if you're like me, but hockey. Oh, I had no idea. I was in Edmonton, so That's I was right. an hour behind you. Yeah, and I, mean, I, did, I didn't know until I happened to look at my phone. I'm like, oh, okay. Hockey is supposed to be played at night, and we had four Canadian teams playing at 10.30 or earlier. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand. On a Saturday, my God, that's supposed to be Saturday night. So and, getting groceries and stuff, not watching hockey that early. Oh, and then they got the Jets. I feel bad for the Jets. They they play it. They get the late game on Hockey Night in Canada, which is cool, but it's not cool to start a game at 9 o'clock at night in Winnipeg. No, it's not at all. <laughs> that's what time the game started. I'm like, what the hell is this league doing? But this yeah, and game, I get like, ugh, yeah, it's just stupid this game in buffalo did not start good and it did not start good at all three shots two goals thompson scores middlestead scores thompson's goal was a freaking rocket yeah a rocket um imagine my frustration we're down two nothing i'm building ikea furniture (laughs) like it was just just an awful time in my life and i actually (laughs) said to my girlfriend i'm like you know just i I don't even want to watch this right now i just so just shut it off. So she shuts it off, and I check a few minutes later, and all of a sudden the tides turn. I'm like, she's like, I told you. Like, you need to be more optimistic. I'm like, all right, put it back on. I'm like, fine. <laughs> I, I was at work, and I had the TV on in the on office. Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I, I work a lot of Saturdays. Brutal. Uh, uh, it's a trade-off. Your time. It's a trade-off, though. I, work, I don't work a lot of Thursdays, so <laughs> it's a pretty good trade-off. Um, but anyways, I had the game on in the office, and I one of the guys I was working with was kind of making fun of me you felt bad, I think, for me. It's probably more the truth. Right away, we're just down, and it's like, seriously? Markstrom's in net. I'm pissed about that. And we're, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get to see a ton of the first period. The second period, I believe we scored on three of our first four shots, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And That's it correct. was Peltier with the first his, his first ever goal, which was really cool to see. Nice shot, too, yep. It was. It was a good, really good play. It's, it's one of those you want your first goal to be, right? Yeah, not off your ass or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's where mine would be, is off my ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Backlund scores after that. And Backlund, this was a, a big-time goal. I, I, I really believe this is a big-time goal. The move he made, he ties the game, and then the ball starts rolling. Gilbert gets his first of the year. Cadre scores. Yeah, Buffalo kid, too. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of cool things, a lot of good stories in this. And, uh, yeah. Four goals in that second period, and uh, they tack on three more in the third, and seven two. And uh, what the heck? I mean, 
I, I, it was the first win for Markstrom since January 6th. Although he didn't have to do a hell of a lot. I thought, Hey, maybe this is a stepping stone. You know, just sometimes you just, you just need two points, right? Spoiler alert. It wasn't, but go on. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Four points for Dubay. And your guys starting to come on here. Now you're going to make me, you're going to make me look bad by the end of the year here. Right? And I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. Yeah, I'll be one of a few good storylines if things continue as they are. He had four points. Uh, that's a career high for him. Uh, Toffoli had two goals in this game. Hit uh, the 20, his 20th and 21st. Uh, so he hit the 20-goal plateau. And he was my guy worried about coming into the season, and that tells you how much I know is he's our best scorer now. No, I, was, I was worried about him as well. So my mistake as well. Gilbert gets a goal and an assist in his hometown. Lindholm, 300 career assists. Like, everything good. The storyline for this was just like, I felt good going to bed Saturday night. I I went and watched a junior hockey game that night, and I was excited about my team again. And it's like, it's crazy to me how much 60 minutes can change my attitude for the next three days. The next three days. It does. (laughs) You might want to reevaluate your life. (laughs) It does. I, I just get it. I'm just, uh, I'm angry. Man. Oh, you know, truthfully, I'm the kind of guy too that hangs on to like a great moment, whether it's five minutes or an hour, and that'll float me through for probably most of a week. So I'm not really one to talk. Oh, so I felt good going into Ottawa. I did. I thought you were crazy for not going. And then, yeah. I don't know. I felt good. Marks from Zanetta. I did not feel good about that. Um, Anderson out again is third straight. We'll talk more about that here. In a short moment, and uh, Brady Kachuk, in what we used to call the Battle of the Brothers, used to we don't want to do that anymore, which is kind of nice. Yeah, Kachuk scores, and then uh, Dubé scores. Toffoli scores. Dubé scores. We're looking good, right? In control. Mm-hmm. Shots in our favor again. Everything's going in our favor. Um, I don't know until it wasn't. And then Ottawa. The final three shots of the game for Ottawa went in the net. Yep, two of them with an extra attacker, which speaks to the team's inability to close out games. And I believe it was the Stitzel goal that just... Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my facial expressions, which says more than anything I can actually say. It, it uh, It's just beyond frustrating. This has gone on for so goddamn long. We had 16 straight shots in the second period. 16 in a row. Mm-hmm. We built a two-goal lead for once, which is rare. Yep. And then it just goes right away. And I sit and I watch and I look at guys like Stutzla and Batherson and all these guys in Ottawa, and I think, why don't we have guys like that? Not great player development is part of the issue. Now that could change with, you know, maybe guys like Kelce, but... I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know where to go with that. I guess it's frustrating because like, as I said earlier, like the, the mediocrity surrounding this franchise and we have a bunch of good players and pretty damn close to the cap. And it's like, why can't we have nice things? Why can't this roster be successful? And if it can't, why can't we have a bunch of young players to be excited about? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I didn't mean to turn the tables and make this a prospect thing because I think for the most part, we've, done better in the last three years than we did the first uh, the 15 previous to that oh there's no no question not only that i mean the wranglers are first in the ahl which is not insignificant no um 
Sorry, looks good. Pelche's look good. D- Dustin Wolf looks like an absolute stud. There's lots of lots of things to be excited about. It's just that interim period where your team is tremendously underachieving, and the younger guys haven't shown what they are yet, or haven't progressed to the point where they get that opportunity, or haven't been given that opportunity in some cases. So it's just like this this uh, God, what do you call it? Just kind of no man's land, right? Like, nothing, like right now, in this moment, at least, rattle off a few wins. Next week, she'll be different. In this moment, it just feels like we don't have anything going for us. I saw an interesting thing, and, and then we'll get off the prospects talk, but uh, I was looking at the AHL point leaders for defensemen under 21. Yeah. I know where this is going. We, we have the leading scorer in defensemen under 21. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I'm not surprised. You talking about Poirier? Yeah. Yeah. So I watched him play in St. John not far from here quite a lot, including in last year's Memorial Cup. He, the knock against his defensive play, uh, those cries were so loud, it often drowned out how good he is offensively. And his defensive game has actually improved tremendously at the pro level and hopefully continues to do so. But that kid is an absolute stud with the puck. And we saw it actually, I think it was last night, he walked through basically half the team to set up a goal right across the crease. Like he, he's fantastic, very underrated prospect. So I'm glad you pointed that out because not enough people are talking about him. And if develop, developed properly, he could be a fantastic two-way defenseman at the NHL level. I, I kind of like, I mean, I'm a, I'm old school, like stayed home defenseman type guy, but like, I like what this guy brings to the table. And I think um, with paired with the right guy, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Shillington thing, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. Loved Shillington's skating ability and and his 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 getting you know quick first pass out of the zone and and how he could move the puck and and he was good on the rush and and everybody loved that about him. Uh but we hated how he was defensively, right? Yeah, it's funny how that changed last year when he was paired with Tanev. So I'm sitting here looking at this young prospect who's got 27 points in 41 games, and I'm thinking, I mean, is that an opportunity next year for us? Uh, that's a tough one to answer. Next year may be a little soon, but he's also way better, I think, than anybody predicted he'd be at the pro level. So it's a possibility, if nothing else, his progression and his ability that he's shown so far makes other people potentially Shillington, at least, you know, keeping in mind his personal circumstances, but makes guys like that um, expendable, perhaps. Dennis Gilbert was sent down and then brought right back up when Anderson got hurt, but... Are you a little surprised that we have Mackey on our roster and we're going with Gilbert over Mackey? Even though I do believe Gilbert's been better. I actually like Gilbert's game. I really like it a lot, to be honest with you. Are, yeah, are you I surprised, like though? I, I would have been earlier. Well, I was, I should say, earlier in the year, but Mackey has not. He hasn't been good at all. And as good as Gilbert's been, it's kind of like one of those situations where it just meets in the middle. you got one guy that's playing probably better than anybody thought and one guy who's much worse than anybody thought. So that's kind of it's, – it's, it couldn't be clearer who you need to play of those two players. And it's unfortunate because I think Mackey still has a lot of potential. But I do too. Uh, I just wonder what's going to happen. I think he needs to be back in the AHL for the remainder of the season and then kind of go from there, I guess, see if he can – I, like, I don't necessarily feel that he was rushed because I mean, he's got a good pedigree and has quite a bit of experience, but something's off there, whether he's not a fit in Calgary or he's, something's going on in his own life. or There's just, he's way, he's too good of a player to be as bad as he's played. I guess I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. 
I, 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 I agree with you. But then I often question myself and say, okay, am I only remembering his bad, though? I mean, to a point, because that's largely all we've seen. Um, but how he's how he's been at every other level and against You're a player who's firing the too. shots today, Kyle. Oh god. Well, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, like, I'm not one to sugarcoat things on a on a good day. I but guess that's yeah, why we call this unfiltered, right? Well, yeah, we got to live up to our name, right? So well, uh, I'm foul mood about some other things too. So I call um, it like it is too. I agree. I mean, I'm not. I just think it's well, funny. It, you know, it's it, it, facts are facts. I mean, yeah. And, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about some other facts about some other players, uh, in particular, a goaltender. <laughs> and just, it's just, it's just honest, you know, it is I'm, what it is. I'm ready to talk him. I'm okay, ready. Good, let's, uh, go. let's go. Let's talk Markstrom. So, so, yeah. So let's start with the uh, Mr. Captain Obvious, Eric Francis in Calgary, you know, who I'm proudly blocked by on Twitter, along with legions of Flames fans writes the most obvious article of all, but I actually like the fact that he wrote it because he's, you know, love him or hate him. He has a large audience. So Eric Francis writes this article saying basically it's time to run with, with Vladar. And that has been obvious for quite some time. And Daryl Sutter needs to admit it. It couldn't possibly be more true than it is at this point. After the Ottawa collapse, after how many soft goals and how many games of Vladar picking up points and whatever it was 13 to 14, if you want to make the playoffs and with this salary cap and this ownership and this roster, we assume that's the goal. Like everybody talks about, you have to run with Dan Vladar. Jacob Markstrom, I don't know what to do with him at this point. I'm actually in favor, and I mentioned this the other day on Twitter, and uh, got some heat for it, and rightfully so, because it's an interesting take, but I would recall Dustin Wolf as a backup to seven set on the bench for a couple of games, whatever you need to do. I just get Markstrom out of the dressing room. Have him sit and eat popcorn get his head straight, go see a sports psychologist. I, I, I don't want to be a dick about it because I don't know what the issue is. I know he is much, much better than what he's shown, but and I, he's costing this team games. I, I do Night believe, I do believe he will be fine. These people panicking saying, well, we got this guy for three more years. I, 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 highly, I don't buy that either. I'm not, I'm not panicking about no. the tenure of his contract. I mean, I, I agree either. with you. I, you know, but I just right, now, he is right now, yeah. right now he's not right. No, at all. And playing him is not fixing it. No, we. I, I just watch him in the crease. And even before the, the, the nonsense at the end of the Ottawa game, like I could tell he was. he's not right in any game this year. He's not right. His body mm-hmm. positioning is weird. His maneuvering is weird. He's a little more floppy. Is that a word? Yeah. I, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying. He's a little more. <laughs> I know exactly what you meant as yeah, far as that is. He just doesn't look right. He just doesn't no. look right. Nope. And no, his positioning is off. His, his maneuvers are, you're right. Everything you just said is bang on. And I, I'm just, I'm sick to death of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And we're all guilty of it. Different instances in our lives with him. It's just not working. He needs to sit. He is not going to win this team any games right now. That much is clear and bring him in in a week or 10 days or something. Run with Ladar. If Ladar has proven that either you're going to turn him into a very tradable asset or he's going to be the guy that carries the mail for you. He's letting, Whatever happens, it's only be good. He's let in the first goal 52.8% of the time, and I know not all those are his fault. But a lot of them are. That's the problem. He's not making the timely save, and he looks nervous out there. He looks, he looks, I don't really even know what the word is. He just doesn't look Markstrom-like. Nope, not at all. It's hard to believe this guy was a runner for the Vesna last year. And, and I'm not saying that as an indictment of him necessarily being overly critical because it's, it's a situation that's unfortunate. I, you know, I, I, I often use real life analogies and I'll use one here. Like I have 
lagged in my own job performance at different points in my life because of other things that are going on. Yeah. You know, um, is I suspect something like that might be the case here. I don't know. I don't want to start any rumors or conjecture about it. I just know that he's not right. He's not been good at all. And unfortunately, whether it's a company or a hockey team, you know, they have to make decisions that are in their best interest and playing him is not in their best interest right now. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I, I feel for him. How do you know that? I feel for him because I really like him. I, I, he's one of my favorite players in the team. I, I really, mm-hmm. I really like him. And I had, I sit and I watch what he's doing. And the only thing I can liken it to in my own personal life is I golf a lot. And mm-hmm. I went through stages where like, I either can't putt or I can't hit my driver or what, what pick a club. We go through them or my whole game just sucks. Right. And you're just off. And I've had those. I, I had a, a stage not last summer, but the summer before where like, no matter what I did, I, I just, I sucked. I sucked. Yep. And it made me like feel like crap. And my confidence went in the tank and it took me like literally Thank God it snows all the time here, and so I can't golf in the in the winter. And so I got over it during the off season and came back better last year. But like it, the, this this game is not any different than any other sport. It's a lot of mental, and and he's in a high pressure position. And and when he when he underperforms, it the pressure just the next level goes up, and then the next game the next level goes up, and all eyes are on him, man. Well, they're running on a road. You know, they're running on a road to, to make the playoffs. And uh, again, it just, it just doesn't make sense to play him. It's, it's really that simple. I don't care what he makes. I don't care how good he's, good the, how good he's been in the past. It is not relevant to the current situation because he's been given opportunity after opportunity to turn it around. And the Ottawa game didn't have to be his best, but that's, that's the goal. He has to have that. And so often we've said that this year, he has to make that save. Everybody yeah. lets in a, you a know, squeaker a once in a while. Sure, absolutely. That's part of sports. It happens. You know, I played ball before and, and missed pop flies in the outfield that I should have had. Like, I'm just tired of watching the same thing over and over. And a lot of times, yes, it does make sense to get a player to play his way out of it. That is not happening here. It's been long enough. I'm done with it. I saw an interesting tweet on whatever night today. What's today? Wednesday? Monday night after the debacle. Um, it was from... I hadn't seen this guy on Twitter much, but it was KR, and it said, Flames goaltenders, when the game is within one goal, Vladar has a 9.913 save percentage and a 3.04 goal saved above average. Yep. One of these fancy stats. I'm not an analytics guy. Markstrom's is .879. And his goal saved above average is a negative 17.04. Yeah. Frightening. It is. That is, uh, it's not good. So I started to, I started to think about this a lot yesterday while I was thinking about the show and what we were going to talk about. How much of this, and I hate to like throw them under the bus even more than we already have and the fan base has already done this but how much has goaltending or poor goaltending would be a better word how much has our poor goaltending played a role in where we're at in winning and losing games it is the single biggest problem the team has I would argue number two is probably the power play 
Um, but it's not just about the goaltender not playing well. It's the goaltender. There's no better way to say this, I guess, but sucking the confidence out of the roster. Do you want to hear some scary stats? Well, you just laid some on me, so you may as well keep going. Last year, the in five-on-five five goals four, the Flames are ranked seventh. Yeah. I would have guessed we were 18th this year. You know what we are? We're eighth. Wow. That's pretty telling. That really is, and you correlate those two stats, and yeah, that's... I don't think you can make an argument otherwise as to what the biggest problem with this team is because they're just, and you can certainly point to things like Huberto not being especially good. Um, you know, the, we all know that we've talked about that lots and will likely continue to do so unless he turns his game around. Cause actually somebody, another dire stat. Um, I think somebody, maybe it was the win column. Somebody tweeted or posted the other day that Jonathan Huberto's, uh, year-over-year production drop is like the largest or one of the largest in NHL history. 115 points to 40 or whatever he has now to this point. Like, it's it's bad. But, again... Why, why am I not as worried about that? Because there's 18 skaters in the team. Probably. Yeah, you know, realistically, the goaltender is the goaltender. He's a man on an island in a sense. Um, Overdose, I, 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 lack of production can be covered up by the team... You know, other players, Dylan Dubé being hot lately, Tyler Toffoli, three goals in two games. I look at our lines. I mean, we're our top three lines, our fourth line right now sucks, a big one, but <laughs> our our top three lines are, are putting up points and scoring goals. Like, I can't even, I can't even blame that anymore. And, and no, Huberto has not been good. No, not at all. Not and at he, all. Keeps, he does the same thing Markstrom does. He criticizes himself in the media. It's like, okay, it's all, it's all just talk, you know? And again, you know, the, the stats, this stat in particular is meaningless to a lot of people, but it matters to me and some others as well. Like, no shutouts this year. The worst teams in the league, I'm sure, all have at least a shutout. You go into uh, Ottawa on a Monday yeah. night, you know, it's kind of a sleepy game, and you shut them out. Um, Detroit would have been another one you'd expect that of. Obviously, like Arizona, like, they're just, how do you not have a single shutout this late in the season? How is that possible? You know what, though? Like, and I hate, I hate to, like, dwell on this, you know? But, like, this team now, like, we can't say they're not scoring goals. And and we can't even say they're not preventing chances. Look at our shots we're allowing. It's way down. Mm-hmm. And this year, our five-on-five save percentage, last year was third in the league. It's 29th. Yeah. You can't yeah. freaking move up to standings with with both subpar goaltending. The subpar we could probably manage. This has been awful. I know. I would I would argue that Dan Vladar at times has maybe been subpar. Markstrom has been bad virtually all year. But he had you know, one I, game I thought he looked good. That's freaking scary because I'm a Markstrom fan. That's yeah, that's incredible. Eh? I can give him the benefit of the doubt, and I don't know why I'm giving Huberto so much leash this year, but I am. And you know what I think I am. You want know here? Here's here's the down and dirty on that. We got him for eight more years. Like, throwing him under the bus now and backing over him 80 times isn't going to help what lies ahead for the next eight more years, right? No, and I mean, the market's the market, right? He costs what he costs. He was going to cost that to any team. What I What I don't like about that, though, is that you cannot expect a player to go from one coaching system, one team, one conference to another 
and just be the exact same player. Now, Matthew Kachuk has dominated in Florida. He's had a great year. I, I get that. He's a bit younger, whatever. Like, it does happen. Just Huberto was going to get that money wherever he went, so who cares that the Flames gave it to him? They needed a marquee name, and he's still that. But the expectation, it was just like plug and play. 115-point player goes out. 115-point player comes in. It doesn't work like that. They're very different players, and I've did, said that all season. Did you think when we got him, you know, did you have a little bit of an inclination in your head that um, – like, like I would have thought that Gaudreau would have done what Huberto is doing now, right? Last year when Sutter took over, I thought Hubert or Gaudreau would have troubles um, being re- defensively responsible, right? And mm-hmm. I thought he would be the one that his points would suffer because of it, right? And it didn't. Gaudreau yeah. found a way to play within the system. He's a much more of a competitor than people realize. I think is one of the biggest reasons for that. Do you think Huberto will find a way to flourish in this system? Because I do, I, I do, I, I do. And maybe I am. He is going to get back to the seventy, eighty point range. Will he be at one hundred and fifty? No, but I don't think Gaudreau oh, yeah. will be at his numbers that he was last year either. Well, none of those guys will. You know, no, I, I, John's family, and they said this. You know, they've said similar things. I mean, that line last year was so dominant; everybody was elevated by it. Doesn't mean they're not fantastic players. Johnny Gaudreau was a point of game player in the NHL in any given season, right? Yeah. Like he's had some subpar years with some minor injuries that happens, but I mean, like great players are great players. But I don't think anybody that we've just discussed is going to hit the heights they hit before. That includes I mean, Matthew Kachuk. Actually, is going to be pretty close to what he was at last year. But generally speaking, like. Those that those years aren't the median, you know. Yeah. They're like they're the outlier. That's, that's the high water mark. I just I don't know. I feel like Huberto will get there. I I do. Back to the goaltending. What do we do now, though? Like, what do you what, what would you do, and what do you think Sutter will do? Well, I think as much as he may not want to admit it, uh, there's obviously a lot of pressure from the fan base, and the media, to start Flader. He's not an idiot. He's you know won a bunch of Stanley Cups and won a lot of games he in this league. He can see his number one goaltender is not performing well. I think it's killing him. Yeah, I think he's got to get. He has to go to go to Vladar. There's no question about it. I think down the stretch, unless Markstrom somehow turns it around with a couple of really good games, which I can't see at this point. Um, I'm not going to speak beyond this season because, like you, I do think he's going to be fine. Um, you know, how many games we got left now? Let's a look here. Twenty. I should have. Yeah, uh, a little more than that, maybe. So we have played, let's see, 25, 18, and 11. Isn't that wild? So many friggin' shooting overtime losses. Yeah, that's 54 games played. So, yeah, 28. So I go 20 and 8. Vladar. Yeah. 28 games is not a lot, you know? It really isn't. So, I mean, and maybe that number changes, but where are you at on that? How do you think the goaltending should go down? I think right now we're at home for three, right? What do we got? Uh, we got uh, Thursday, Saturday, Monday at home. Yeah. I think you play Vladar in all three. Mm-hmm. And then when you go on the road next week, I think the schedule has a back-to-back. Uh, let me, I'm just pulling it up here now. Yeah, we do next Wednesday, Thursday, Arizona, Vegas. I think you give Markstrom the Arizona game. And then I think Vladar goes Vegas, Colorado, Boston in the next home game too. And I think you you go with that until Vladar proves to me that he's stumbling, and then yeah. you go back to Markstrom. But 
I don't know. I feel like Vladar can handle the load. Do you? No question in my mind. Okay. I and thought you would say other, that. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'll throw in here, and I mentioned this in, on Twitter to a variety of different responses, mostly concerned, but um, I think that once it's clear whether you're going to make or miss the playoffs, that's you're bringing Dustin Wolf to get his first NHL starter too. Just, just to get a sense of what you have. I, think, and I, I don't do that until the, the fate of the team is a little bit more clear. I think we know what I mean, we have, right? Well, he hasn't played NHL left yet, and everybody's always, always small, he's small. Okay, well, whatever. I just needs a chance. I, I know, and I and I know, and I know, I know we differ in opinion on this, and that's good. That's why we're both on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Here's here's my I, I I can't say I completely disagree with you, Kyle. I like Dustin Wolf. I, I think he's either going to be a huge trade asset for us. We can't forget we got Markstrom for quite a while still, and. Dan Vladar, I would love a Markstrom Wolf, but I love Dan Vladar too. So, like, it's hard for me to just kick him to the curb too. So, there's a well, dilemma. There. Taking that Markstrom contract, no. That's why I'm saying like after this season, it's not like oh, you know, he's done, he's washed up, he's what? Like that's just stupid. So, I mean, I, I, do I see a future where it could be Wolf and Markstrom? Absolutely, I do, and I wouldn't hate that. But nope, here's the deal: would. I just don't want. It's it's a step. It's a big step. And now I'm talking about a guy, and I'm not stupid. I, I He's won at every single level, level, and every single level they've said he's too small. Yeah. But he's been, like, the, the leader of the WHL. Heck, he's doing everything. He, in, he's a leader in the AHL. Like, do I think he, that'll translate to the NHL? I, I do. I really do with him. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a competitor, and he's, just, he's got the knack, right? But, yeah. but I don't want to bring him up this year in a year where I – Okay, this sounds bad. In a year where shit's just not going good, I don't want to bring him up and sour him. Well, that's that's what a lot of people have said, too. All the team's not good enough in front of him. It's going to ruin his confidence. Somebody drew an analogy to Dan Blackburn, which to me was ridiculous. Dan Blackburn was a fantastic young goaltender who had serious concussion problems. So anybody who thinks that the Rangers just hung him with the dry, and yeah, they did, his development wasn't necessarily perfect, but that's a case where it's like, okay, the guy had serious you know injuries that led to his early retirement. A guy like Dustin Wolf, I don't want to see him get thrown to the wolves, pun intended. But I do, I do think that he deserves to get a couple of starts because then you have a better. Okay, you know he can stop a puck at the NHL level. So and what maybe if he goes one on one with the? What if he comes that? up and we get shelled six two? Then we send him down and go, oh shit! Like I just well, don't, I don't think it's I, worth I it this year. Like he's won at every level. I well, know, but it I depends know. on what happens because you have to look at your asset management going into the summer. Okay, so it's a gamble, you know? right? It's a gamble, right? Uh, absolutely, it's a gamble, and I'm not but, saying it's necessarily the right move. I just think the team has to look at every option because what they're doing right now, they're failing in every every that, regard. And that's making me why I don't want to gamble this year. It's like if I play DraftKings for five nights in a row and I lose five nights in a row, I'm not gonna. Like, okay, so let's, let me ask you the question, though. So this, this team is, as I said, either clearly in the playoffs or clearly out of the playoffs. I know what you're by, saying. I know. By, Kyle, by I'm, giving you, I'm giving you a little bit. Um, oh, jeez. Or do you leave him and say, you know what, this team is poised for a Calder Cup run. Leave him be completely. He doesn't I would, need to come up. I would leave him be, and I, I want to see him go win a Calder Cup. Because I think he's Because I want to see that, too. So depending on how everything lines up time-wise. Okay, believe me, yeah. I want him as a flame and I don't think it's that far in the future, but I don't know that this is a year I would be rolling any dice with Dustin Wolfing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's just, you know, we could talk about this stuff all, all day and all night. It's just, there's too many unknowns and is Jason, it'd be nice to have some clarity. Is Jason LaBarbera worried right now? But his job. <laughs> yeah. 
Probably should be. Probably should be. I hate to say it too. But but it's interesting too because guys like him, it reminds me when Gretzky was coaching Phoenix or Arizona now, phenomenal NHL players typically do not make very good managers or coaches, right? So Gretzky was not a good coach by, you know, according to several people. Uh, A guy like Bob Bugner was a pretty regarded, well-regarded coach like in Windsor, right? Or Dave Lowry. Uh, Jason LaBarbera was not a great NHL goaltender by any stretch, but apparently a pretty good goaltending coach. So I always found that really, really interesting. But I I think when you have a goaltender as skilled as Jacob Markstrom, regardless of what's driving his poor play, you have to look at the people. If I'm not selling like I'm supposed to. They're going to point the finger at you, right? Well, they're going to look at me or they're going to look at my boss, right? Or both of us. And right now, I think that's kind of what, like, I'm not, I'm not going to suggest a move. I don't know enough about the ins and outs of it, but I think you got to look. Okay, like, what is going on here? Or, or they must be having conversations with Jason like every day, but like, okay, what's the issue? What's fun, why are his fundamentals off? You know, what's going on between his ears? Like, there's something. Is there a nagging injury we don't know about that, you know, we're going to be hockey tough and play through, which I've bemoaned before? I don't know, but it's not working. This is a savage game when you think about it. Last year, everybody thought Markstrom. This is a savage podcast when we yeah, listen back to it. <laughs> we, everybody thought Markstrom was the greatest goalie last year and LaBarbera was the greatest coach. We're not 12 months later and it's like, man, trade Markstrom and we got to fire oh. LaBarbera. It's like, oh my gosh. like what? It all comes and goes in phases, oh. right? Like you talk about these coaches and they wear out their welcome and players get hot and cold. Like it's just. It's crazy. It's just the nature of the beast, but man, it it is wild, especially the league these days. How quickly and crazily it swings. Like speaking of crazy nuts. things, what was your first reaction when you saw the tweet that Rasmus Anderson had been hit by a car last Wednesday night? Why the fuck wouldn't he have been? <laughs> the way things have gone for this—that's honestly, hate to say it—one of my first thoughts. I'm like, really, like. Of, but of course, like it just your best defenseman, like it just you know ten of a side, I guess. Like you just can't get much worse than this. So speaking of that, because I haven't followed that closely in terms of where they're at now, like is he practicing? I have not even heard that, and I've actually I pulled up the the. I know he went back to Calgary early. I, so. I'm a I'm a goofball. Like I I was searching pictures when they were on the road of them practicing to see if I could see him, and he wasn't. Um, I've they're not practicing today. I pulled up the media flames media page. They had the day off. Uh, what day are we at? They had the day off yesterday. They practiced this morning at 10 30. Hmm. I don't know if he's on the ice. I, I thought he, I thought they were from what I had heard all along was that um, they weren't going to play him on the rest of the road trip, but he should be good to go. Yeah. He received some stitches and some bumps and bruises. And yeah, I think he was just banged up. Seemed fun. You know? And, and realistically, given the position of the team and the standings, I can understand, like, you know what? Go home and rest because we're going to need you, you know, beyond these next three games. So, or two games, I guess it was. We, so, lose, yeah, I, we lose the next three, we might not need them at all. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. Yeah, this is frustrating, man. This is really, really frustrating. So, did you, I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Did you think it was funny what Daryl Sutter said about uh, him getting hit on a scooter? <laughs> Yeah, of course it is. I did. Well, I thought he was, but he was being good. I thought, you know, I thought. I think. I think he was asked the question because everybody thought he was going to rip him for being on a scooter, and he's like, I don't know. What's the right man? What? Like who? Like, God damn it! Like who cares? Like, they, have, they have to. They're for, humans, right? I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, and this is fun to talk about. Don't get me wrong, but it's like you know these guys get so worked up over these things, like as if they don't go out to dinner. Like I've seen a bunch of the Flames players having a beer at a bar, you know, a few years ago. Like they're all human beings. They all, I don't know why the hell you'd want to ride a scooter in Detroit, but anyway, I guess he won't do that again. <laughs> quicker, I guess, but he gets hit. Oh gosh, you know what a sad part about it though is he had a, his current Ironman streak was. Uh, was done. 323 consecutive games dating back to November 2018. Uh, hit on a scooter. Scooters. Stay the hell off scooters, right? Uh, you know, at least Andrew Cogliano must have had a laugh at that because he was in tears when he got healthy scratched. Or no, sorry, suspended when his Ironman streak ended at like 800 and some games or whatever it was. Like he was a wreck. Well, you know, 300 and some games is a far cry from it, but it's, you know, kind of funny that that's how it ended. That's going to be the footnote in the history book of Rasmus oh. Anderson. Crazy. We'll be back to preview the uh, three games this weekend. Get all your Flames Unfiltered podcasts, team news, team updates, and highlights at flamesunfiltered.com. All right, Kyle, three games. We get going Thursday night back home at the Saddle Dome. The red-hot Detroit Red Wings come into town. Six in the Atlantic, points in seven of their last ten games. This team mm-hmm. is playing good. Second of two meetings this year. Last week, we just talked about it. They beat us 2-1 to one in a game we should have won. Where do we go with this game? We see a Flames team that just gets out on them right away and puts us to bed, or do we flounder and... God, why am I asking this question? I think it's going to be a statement game. I'm more worried, honestly, about the games that come beyond it. I just can't see them dropping that game. Um, I'm not surprised Detroit's doing so well. And contrary to what I said earlier about great players making poor managers, Steve Eiserman is definitely an exception to that rule because he did a great job with Detroit, as he did in Tampa. Um, But I think think they're going to come out flying in that game. It's just what happens after that. Because this is like we saw in that Buffalo game. It's like, man, that was impressive. That was cool. That was fun. And then they fall flat. The following game, right? You want to know what a good sign is, though, Kyle? I think they come out flying just because of the way they lost in Ottawa. I think it was a freaking, I'm sure the locker room was just a Well, and there's strong personalities and leaders in that team. Huberto, Kadri. I think Weger can be a lot better. Like, you can't, I don't explain it, I guess, but the team is so, so good on paper. They can't continue to be this bad is what I keep telling myself. They keep proving me wrong. But there has to be some kind of a turning point. Because you know know as well as I do, they're not going to go away like with a whimper. No. Like, if they're going to miss the playoffs and the cutoff is 92, they finish the season at 90. Or yeah. it's more probably like 98, 96 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's I think that's the Detroit game is going to be a, a really strong game from them. I certainly hope so. The good news, Kyle, and you mentioned the word letdown, right, after that game. On Saturday Night Hockey Day in Canada, the Rangers are in town, which we never thought that was going to be a rivalry game, which it really isn't, but... They met just a little over a week ago. The Rangers beat the Flames in overtime, a very spirited game. I don't know. I call it the game of the year. We had Truba crushing Dubé, crushing Kadri. We had Sammy Blade drilling Milan Lucic. He got traded now, which was a stupid thing. We'll talk about that another day. But this this is a spirited affair, and I think that might carry over. And that may save the... Save the uh, letdown, maybe. Potentially, the flip side of that is I'm a little concerned about the Tarasenko trade because Tarasenko was a, as much as he struggled at times, as a pure sniper, and the Rangers have a lot of skill, so that could be it. Could be a tough one, but I, um, I don't know. I think there's going to be some carryover at least in the first period, maybe before the game calms down. But 
Um, realistically, that's what this team needs is a game to really engage them. The only problem is like the guy they want to kill got traded. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, some- they did. They wanted to get Sammy Blay, and now he's gone. But mm, the Rangers are hot. They're winners of five straight, third in the Metro. This team's really, really found their game since Christmas and uh, probably one of the, probably the hottest team in the league right now. Uh, Monday, Philly comes into town. An afternoon game, I don't understand. Uh, I know it's a holiday, but it's an afternoon game. Philly, seventh in the Metro, struggling this season. Uh, so that usually means the Flames will struggle that day too. Um, yep. <laughs> probably shouldn't say that, but shit, we speak the truth on this show, right, Kyle? We do. A lot of it today, in fact. A lot. That's why it's called Unfiltered. We love our team. We love our players, but uh, we tell it like it is. I, it's just we love it. our listeners, you know. We yeah. love our families. We love lots of things. We just don't talk about things we love on days like today. Well, we're honest about things, right? I mean, I don't know. Certainly try to be. Second of two meetings between Philly and uh, Calgary. They played last November in Philly. Calgary won that one 5-2. to two, or, I'm not even worried about that game right now. Like We got to get through Detroit on Thursday night. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, let's right? take this a step at a time. One step at a time. I hope the hell this week goes better for us. So it can't go a hell of a lot worse. So, no. But now that I've said that, I may have cursed us. So I'm going to retract that statement. Just hope for the best. Come on. We, we got to have fun. We got to. I'm not, I'm not superstitious. I, I intentionally walk underneath ladders. So just ignore me. <laughs> Kyle and I are back next week. We're going to recap the three games that we just talked about next week. And, uh, and we're going to have a really positive show just to balance things out. Gosh, I hope so. We need a positive show. <laughs> we did, I did a, I did like a hundred shows near, last year and they were so positive. And this year it's just like, what are we? What is, are it we say, is it because of me? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, what are you doing here? Dragging everybody down. Oh, oh gosh. Well, we appreciate all the listeners, and uh, hopefully you like our honesty, and uh, we are, are loyal to our team, but we're honest, too. So, uh, I don't know. That's just the way it goes. This is one of those seasons. We're back next week. Uh, check out flamesunfiltered.com. Videos on YouTube. Audios on all of them. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all of those. We're on them all. Have a good week, Flames fans. Kyle and I are going <laughs> to we're gonna enjoy this week. We, we have to, right? We have to have fun with this, right, Kyle? <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good week, Flames fans. See you guys. Get connected. Flames Unfiltered can be found on Twitter at Flame Unfiltered. Check out the Facebook page at Flames Unfiltered. Host Brad Brood is on Twitter at Brad Brood. And host Kyle Lewis is on Twitter at VanLewis14. Like what you hear? Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Flames Unfiltered can be found on all the major podcast players. Want to watch the show? You got it. Check out Inside Edge Hockey Media Group for every show. Subscribe while you watch. Thanks for listening, watching, and interacting. Enjoy the hockey action. Thanks for tuning in to Flames Unfiltered. Check back for more action-packed Calgary Flames talk. This episode of Flames Unfiltered was copyrighted and produced by Inside Edge Hockey Media Group.